BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're listening to Comedy Central. Coming to you from New York City, the only city in America, it's The Daily Show. Tonight, Warnock wins Georgia. China eases up on COVID. And Roger Federer. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. you tonight mozzarella sticks are getting sued we find out why christmas comes on january 6th this year and herschel walker just got more time to spend without his family plus our guest tonight is the goat himself roger federer is here everybody man i'm excited for that let's do this people let's jump straight into today's headlines Before we get into the big stories, let's catch up on a few other things going on in the world. Starting off with Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, who today was officially declared Time Magazine's Person of the Year. And you might be happy, but I'll tell you now, Vladimir Putin is gonna be so mad. (laughs) The next time he's in the waiting room at the dentist, yeah, he's just gonna be like, now to read magazine, Congrats to Vladimir Zelensky and the Ukrainian people, and congrats to Time Magazine on its annual reminder that Time Magazine still exists. In more international news, German authorities this morning arrested 25 of QAnon, QAnon followers, 25 members, for plotting to storm parliament and overthrow the government. Which, yes, is disconcerting news, but once again, proof of how inspiring American culture is all around the world. Yeah. Even in Germany, they were like, we should also storm the capital, and we should also overthrow the government, and then we're going to hang Mike Pence! Mike Pence! <laughs> oh, in technology news, Apple Music has just announced a brand new karaoke mode that will allow you to turn down the vocals on songs so that you can sing them instead. Yeah. <laughs> and I love this. This is great news for anyone who is thinking, I love this Adele song, but what if it was sung by someone who sucks? <laughs> 
I think it'll be a lot of fun, you know? And now Spotify is also adding this feature to its podcast so you can shout your own COVID theories over Joe Rogan. It's gonna be cool. Oh, in some legal news, an Illinois woman is suing the makers of TGI Friday's mozzarella sticks. Get this, because she discovered that they contain cheddar cheese, but no mozzarella. That's why she's suing. And if you ask me, I'm, I'm impressed that these cheese sticks have cheese in them at all. <laughs> yeah, I feel like most American cheese products, if you look at the fine print, it's like, technically this is sawdust and corn syrup, <laughs> but we were thinking about cheese when we were mixing it. All right, let's move on to some of the big stories of the day, starting with Georgia. The state's sitting on Florida until the police can arrive. Because after a year of campaigning, an election in November, and then another runoff election yesterday, the Senate race in Georgia is finally, mercifully, over. In Georgia's closely watched Senate runoff, Democrat Raphael Warnock walking away with the win. In the nation's final contest of the midterms, the incumbent narrowly defeating his Republican challenger, Herschel Walker, and cementing the Democrats' majority in the Senate, now a 51-49 advantage. Walker was handpicked by former President Trump and is at least the fifth Trump-backed Senate candidate to be defeated. Warnock's win gives the party an extra seat to help advance their agenda. It is my honor to utter the four most powerful words ever spoken in a democracy. The people have spoken. Okay. Okay. Congratulations to Raphael Warnock. I mean, I thought the four most powerful words in American democracy were, here is your sticker, but sure, I guess the people have spoken works too. But yes. Democrats have now won 51 seats in the Senate, and you realize what that means? Basically nothing. Um, No, because they lost the House. But still, 51 is bigger than 50, so it's cool, it's cool. And you couldn't have had a race between two more different candidates when you think about it. Like, when you take a moment, when you step away from the race, you understand how crazy this was? You had Raphael Warnock, a pastor, a pastor who was preaching at the same church as MLK, and Herschel Walker, a man who thinks MLK is how you spell milk. (laughs) But despite that, it was close. It was really, really close. In fact, if I was Raphael Warnock, my victory speech wouldn't have been me smiling, and I I would have been a lot more different. He's a gracious man. He was talking about democracy and America's promise. I would have been up there like, are you people kidding me with this shit? You guys are giving me a two-point win over this walking vasectomy commercial? Are you kidding me? But he's a better man. So that's that. Senator Warnock returns to Washington, and Herschel Walker goes home in defeat. But don't feel bad for Herschel, guys. He actually took the news quite well. Yeah, his people were like, don't get this, don't let this get you down, Herschel. And he was like, let what get me down? Like the the Senate race. He's like, you think I should run for the Senate? Yeah, okay. (laughs) What is it? But let's move on to some major news about coronavirus. For most Americans, COVID has become something you just try to ignore while you live your life, like mosquitoes or jury duty. (laughs) Meanwhile, in China, they've been treating COVID like an existential danger, right, to every man, woman, and child. But believe it or not, after weeks of historic protests from the Chinese people, that is all about to change. 
China's government has made a radical shift this morning, officially moving away from its strict zero COVID policies. Now, this move appears to be in response to widespread protests in recent weeks, including some of the boldest demonstrations this country has seen in decades. China's National Health Commission held a press conference to announce that mandatory COVID testing for most people will end immediately. They'll no longer have to show a negative test result in public places. And those armies of health workers in hazmat suits will stop locking down apartment complexes. Also, people with COVID won't be forced into state quarantine. They'll be able to recover at home. All that and a commitment to vaccinating the elderly sounds like common sense, but it's a huge climb down for Xi Jinping and the Communist Party, who watched protests erupt in over 20 cities with calls for freedom, not lockdowns. I'm happy for the people of China. I genuinely am. Because I don't know if you were following this, but these restrictions were truly wild. I mean, they wouldn't even let you quarantine at home. You had to spend it at a government quarantine facility that looks like a terminal at LaGuardia. And <laughs> that's really messed up. Because the one silver lining of getting COVID is having an excuse to get out of plans, you know? But China was like, no, 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 no. You've got COVID and you've got plans with 600 strangers. That's what you got. <laughs> and you know, after hearing this story, I would love to see an American citizen and a Chinese citizen sit down to talk about COVID. Because you always hear Americans talking about how they feel as though they were oppressed by the COVID restrictions here. Yeah, the Chinese person would be like, it was brutal. I was literally boarded up in my home, beaten up by the police and sent to a quarantine camp. Be like, I feel you, brother. This one summer, I got asked to leave an Applebee's. We are not different at all, my friend. We both suffer. (laughs) But let's move on to some news from the world of air travel. If you fly a lot, then you know how boarding a plane goes, right? You get to your gates try to sneak in line with the boarding group ahead of yours. (laughs) You put your luggage into the overhead bin sideways so no one else can use it. And then you sit down and you put your phone into airplane mode. And it has to be in airplane mode because if anyone calls you while you're on a plane, the plane immediately crashes into an elementary school. (laughs) That's how it works. It's science, right? We know this. Well, it turns out in Europe, all of that is about to change. Could this be the potential end of putting your phone on airplane mode, maybe when you take a flight? Starting in June, airplane mode won't be mandatory on flights in the European Union. The European Commission recently ruled that airlines can provide 5G technology on board the plane, which allows passengers to send and receive calls and text messages. Yes, finally, passengers in Europe can make phone calls while on a plane because every time I've been on a plane, I've always thought, man, I wish everyone was having a different loud conversation right now. (laughs) That baby can't be the only one who's allowed to make noise. Come on, man. (laughs) I know some people like this. I think it sucks. I feel like as a society, we're quickly running out of places that give you an excuse not to take a call. You know, you used to be able to say, sorry, I wasn't home. I missed your call. And then the cell phone killed that. Yeah. Then you had to pretend you were going into a tunnel. Oh, yes, Uncle Junior, I would love to hear the story, but I'm going to a tunnel. Bye! <laughs> yeah, then the tunnels got reception. Then subways got reception. Now the planes have reception? Pretty soon, the only excuse you'll have for not being able to get a call is, is that you're on T-Mobile. Like, I wish I could, but I... I, 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 I. But, but I mean, I guess if you, if you really need to make a call on a plane, it's not the worst thing in the world to have an option. But I just hope the pilots don't have access to this feature. 
Folks, we're about to hit a major storm system. Please, uh, change your seats and, uh, buckle up. I'll let you know when we've gotten through it. It could be quite bumpy and dangerous. All right, Greg. This is gonna take all of your concentration and skills as a pilot, but you could do this. Just focus. Just focus. <laughs> oh shit, it's Wendy! It's Wendy! Hey girl, what's going on? No, I'm not doing anything. You know me, I'm just living my life. Oh! All right, that's it for today's headlines. Let's move on to something that everyone loves. It's time to check in on today's lotto numbers with Dulce Sloan, everybody. <laughs> what is going on, Dulce Sloan? So good to see you, friend. Hello. Yes, Dulce, what are today's winning lotto numbers? Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, listen, listen. Trevor, now I hear what you're saying. Nobody wants people on a plane on the phone. But have you ever overheard a good argument. Yeah. I'm talking about tea. <laughs> Hot. Poured fresh from an exit row. Come on. Picture this. You're on an international flight. The movies are trash. You're already eight. There's nothing to do. And then suddenly, you hear Stacy in the middle seat call her husband and tell him she's pregnant because she took a pregnancy test in the terminal bathroom. <laughs> and then he says, pregnant? How? We haven't had sex in six months. What? <laughs> Can you even get a pregnancy test at a Hudson News in the airport? Did she bring it from home? Whose baby is this? So now, we got something to do. <laughs> now all of us in row 18 need to decide if he's gonna divorce her, right? But you're all the way in row 23, and the good shit is in row 18. So now the flight attendant has to get on the PA and go, listen, Stacy is pregnant. We don't know if it's her husband's or somebody else. But there's more information to come. Also, we're at 30,000 feet, blah, 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 right? So now, everybody on the plane got to go, mm, is this a miracle or a sin? <laughs> right? Is Stacy a hero or is she Jezebel Harlot Incorporated? Either way, this is my in-flight movie now. And this is people coming together as a people, okay? Because what do people love to do? Be in other people's business! And that is why I think that we should have phone calls on airplanes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Go, go back, go back. Yeah, but so what happened with the baby? I don't know. See, that's what I'm saying. I wasn't going to Scotland, but now I have to follow this lady to hear the rest of the story. I was on my way to Dubai, and I got to go to cold-ass Scotland to see what this heifer is up to. Okay, well, I can't wait to find out, Dulce, but we're running out of time. Can we get to the uh, lotto numbers, please? Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, by the way, now you know, She's an Atlanta girl, she's a George Peach. <laughs> and Atlanta was going wild last night over the Warnock victory, okay? It was so turned up, my friend's son was late to school this morning and he's 10. <laughs> now Trevor, this was the real battle of Southern politics, okay? A pastor and a football player? <laughs> the god of football? 
and the God of God? <laughs> and I'm glad Herschel didn't win. Okay, we're all very happy. That black-headed man did not win. But the problem is, now that he's not running, we don't know where he's at. <laughs> During the election, I felt safe. He was on camera all the time. Okay, but now he's incognito and free. <laughs> Listen, this man is a menace. He's gonna be running around impersonating FBI agents, okay? Getting everybody and their mama pregnant. This is a public safety emergency. What? And when I say everybody and their mama, I'm worried because my mama lives in Georgia. <laughs> we gotta find this man, okay? Listen, now I know a couple places he won't be, a library. <laughs> uh, the condom section of a CBS. <laughs> Family court. We know her, he's not going to be. And listen, America, for just 65 cents a day, <laughs> you can help me find Herschel Walker. Okay, well, well Dulce, Dulce, uh, people will have the money to help you if we can help them with the lottery numbers. Can we, can we just get the winning lottery numbers, please? Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Uh, so today's winner is... Herschel Walker. <laughs> Mr. Walker, you just need to come down to the studio and claim your prize. And please, do not pay attention to the giant cage above your head. <laughs> Don't say slow, everybody. The weirdest lotto number I've ever gotten. All right, when we come back, we're gonna get a sneak peek at the season's best Christmas movie of all time, plus the legendary Roger Federer is still joining me on the show, so don't go away. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Welcome back to The Daily Show. It's the holiday season, the time of year when we bring a tree into our living room so we can sing songs around it while we watch it slowly die. 
It's also the time when TV networks drop dozens of holiday movies where white people meet and fall in love <laughs> thanks to the power of Christmas. It's a tradition that we at The Daily Show love so much, we wanted to get in on ourselves. So please, enjoy this trailer for our own upcoming holiday movie. He was a poll worker doing his part in a local election. No matter who you voted for, democracy wins. Shut up. She was a self-appointed election monitor. He's harvesting ballots. That's voter fraud. Ballot mule, 2,000 mule. 2,000 mules! Hey, I got one! I got one! But when a mandatory recount brought them together... Hey, you can't take these votes! Like hell I can't. These are made of Chinese bamboo. You can't fool me. They belong here! Underneath this randomly hung mistletoe. Now this holiday, they'll both be learning how to steal each other's hearts. What? What? But how can two people share a life together when they can't share a democracy? Christmas Town has a new mayor. It came down to one final ballot. And the final vote is for the Democrat. You. You rigged the election and ruined Christmas. Honey, just because the Republican lost doesn't mean it was rigged. <gasps> The only loss here is you, losing me. Oh, man. This is really a low part in our story. When elections' hopes are lost, sometimes all you need is a Christmas miracle. Get ready, boys. We're going in. Excuse me. You got room for one more patriot with this insurrection? You brought zip ties. If we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it together. This holiday season, make sure you cast... <laughs> a vote for love. Can't wait to angrily watch that. All right, stay tuned because when we come back, the king of the court, Roger Federer, will be joining me on the show. You don't wanna miss it. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is one of the greatest tennis players and one of the greatest athletes of all time. He is a 20-time Grand Slam champion. He's also a philanthropist, an entrepreneur, and one of the classiest people you will ever meet. Please welcome Roger Federer. Roger Federer himself. Nice to see you. Welcome to The Daily Show. Thank you. It is so good to have you here because, I mean, you, you, you have, for over two decades now, in many ways, defined a sport. You've defined how people see it. You've defined how people try and play it. You are a move. I don't, I don't know if you ever think about how amazing that is. When people will say, they'll be like, oh, I'm doing a Federer backhand. I'm doing a, you, you know what I mean? You, you've yeah. transcended the sports as well. Because tennis, for many people, is just this thing that happens somewhere and who plays it and how do they play it. <laughs> you've become larger than life. And now it has all come to an end. Before we talk about the end, let's talk about what it was. When you look back, <laughs> no, I'm, I want to talk about that. When, just when, when you look back, did you know from the beginning? Did you have an inkling? Did you look in the mirror and go like, oh, I'm going to switch this shit up? <laughs> uh, no, no, I did not know it was going to uh, turn out this good. Um, uh, I mean, in Switzerland, we don't dream this big, you know? We, we, hope, to, we hope to be good, but not <laughs> great. And, uh, and in Sports, it's probably skiing, and there's a bit of football, a bit of ice hockey, and all right. that stuff. And then tennis was coming up, and thankfully, um, we had an Olympic champion, Mark Rosé, in 92. He won the Olympics in tennis, and then we had Martina Hingis, who also won the US yes, Open at Wimbledon. Right, right. And uh, they paved the way for me a little bit to, to show me that it was possible. And then, uh, yeah, people were saying I, I could be the next Pete Sampras, and I was talented and all that stuff, but you feel like they always say that, you know, at some point. And uh, I never thought I was going to have this great of a career, so I, I couldn't be more, more excited, more happy, more proud of everything. And unfortunately, it has come to an end, but uh, it's been great. It really has been great. Yeah. It's been amazing. It truly has. You know, you, you, you talk about Pete Sampras, and I, and I think about somebody like Pete who... who is a legend in the sport, you know, who defined so many aspects of the game. And he held the record for a very long time. And then you come into the sport, you eclipse his record in, what, six years it takes you? And, you know, and Pete would talk about how, you know, that he got sort of tired of the sport and, you know, he was, he was a champion. He was, but you had this drive and this class about you that, that nobody understood. You're a, you're a multi-generational talent as well because the, the class that you came in with retired before you. The next class played with you and you were still the champion. And now the class that is there now still goes, Roger Federer is one of the best competitors we've ever played against. You know, what do you think? I would love to know how you, how you found that drive. How did you keep on going? What inspired you, yeah, even when it, you had won it all? 
It's a, it's a good question. And, you know, when I was growing up, I had uh, Michael Schumacher that I would uh, look up to who yeah. was at the top for so long. Tiger Woods, same thing. And I always thought it's impossible to do that, you know, to stay at the top for so long and have that drive. Now people ask me, how did you do it? And I'm like, well, it's normal. You just go out there, you do it again, and you try to win and again. And it's fun. And so you keep doing it. And uh, <laughs> everybody else would like to be in your shoes, right? Yes, and. Yes. Uh, and then you also have a duty to, in my mind, to represent the sport well and uh -huh. enjoy it while it lasts. And uh, I really felt like I squeezed out that lemon until the last drop and I tried my very best in the end. And it was, it was incredible. And um, I needed the likes of Pete Sampras, you know, to also show me right. uh, how it is at the top. And it's, it's tough, you know, but I feel like I made had a lot of fun on the tour. Um, it was not just about tennis. It was also going to nice dinners with friends and I'm happy that it, I didn't take tennis almost that serious or that professional. Uh -huh. Still had that bit of an amateur twist to it. I'm a bit worried that every sport is going into such a prof professional direction, which I hope we don't lose the fun in it. Yeah, you I'd know, love to know. Important. Yeah, you, you know, that's one of the biggest things that has struck me about you in meeting you as a human being. And, and many people will say this about you. You'll meet many athletes who have dominated a sport. The sport is their life. It doesn't feel like that for you. It feels like the sport is a huge part of your life, but right. Roger Federer is still Roger Federer. You know, you're down to earth, you have fun, you meet people, you have conversations, you're living the life and you're enjoying what the life comes with yeah. in the sport. It, it, it inspires you in a different way. Do you feel like the whole sport has changed in that way? It has become like really meticulous and analytical? Yeah, more so, uh, more analytics in the game. Uh, sports science is also coming in hard. Um, it's it's okay. Um, it's it's important, you know. And when you see somebody else uh, doing something that works, well, yeah. you gotta kind of do it too, or at least try it. And then you go, you follow them, you know. And I probably I did some of it for other players or for a lot of them, mm -hmm. and now others are showing it how how it's done, you know. And of course. We live in a very uh, statistic-based world. Uh, right, you know, we yeah. love our statistics. We love breaking records and who's the greatest and all that stuff. So you, you come out, you just won a Grand Slam or you're just world number one. And the first question is, so how long you want to stay world number one? Like, what's, when are you going to win the next Grand Slam? Right, like, right. what's your next win instead of actually enjoying it? And it's a bit of a problem, I think. We, it, it, instead of enjoying it, we have to move on too quickly. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. one Wimbledon victory would have been plenty for me. And uh, ended up going on and, and winning several. But it was... Um, yeah. it was, it was <laughs> several, several It was good. Several <laughs> I'd love to talk to you about that. When, when people regard an athlete as the greatest of all time, oftentimes they're only referring to what the athlete has done you know, in the field of play, right. on the court, you know, on the racetrack, whatever it may be. Every single human being who, even if they don't know you personally, says Roger Federer is the greatest of all time, not just because of what he achieved in terms of numbers, but how he defined the sport. For instance, you had the record for a very long time, 20 grand slams, you know, then Rafa comes along and beats that with 21. Then Novak comes along and beats that with 22. And, and yet when you talk to them, they say Roger Federer is who we're aspiring to and he defines how we're trying to play it. So I'd love to know, you know, is it, is it a little bit irritating that they're using you to beat your record? <laughs> or or, or, or does, it no. strike, does it strike you that these are your greatest competitors saying, yeah, but you're still the pinnacle of what we're trying to be? No, 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 look, I, I, f I feel very lucky to be that guy. And I know I've been, every, every, since, since they come on tour, I've been there. So I think it's a, it's a great moment for them, you know, uh, to now show who they are without that Federer halo effect, yes, me yes. being around, right. and especially the younger generation, they were not allowed to say, uh, I want to win the US Open because 
they were told, oh, you can't say that because, you know, Novak and Rafa and Roger, we're all playing, so they are the ones that can say that you're not allowed to say that. But uh, I think, um, you know, the, the end was uh, very emotional and to be actually uh, on such a great um, sort of a, a friendship, really, mm -hmm. with, with the mm -hmm. guys at the very end of my career after everything that we've gone through, brutal matches, great wins, tough losses, yes. and at the end, always having this camaraderie is, is amazing. I mean, maybe just a little anecdote, because maybe people don't know, but we share the same locker room, we share the same restaurants, we usually get put in the same hotels, so we see each other all the time, and we even practice together, you know? You and see, that, that's something I think a lot of people don't yeah. know, and when I found that out, it was one of the strangest ideas I, I had to wrap my head around. I don't think there are many sports where the yeah. greatest rivals you would think so, yeah. practice with each other. I always go like, you know, I think of like kung fu movies as a kid. <laughs> I don't want you to know my, my secrets. Definitely. I don't want you to know my tricks. Well, that, and yet you would hit with each other. You but would that's practice. why I, I ended up not practicing very much with Novak and Rafa ah, anymore. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Not so much with those guys. Right, but you'd but, play with Stan, for instance. Yeah, right? yeah, you, with, you with a practice. lot of guys. Stan, my brinker, my, guy, my right. guy, yeah. And, and there's a camaraderie that, that you achieve. For instance, many were shocked, especially people who don't watch tennis, to see when, you know, when you were saying goodbye to the sports, so many people were sad because I think for many, myself included, we felt like we were robbed of, you know, the, the last few years, COVID robbed us of so much in our personal yeah, lives, definitely. you know, in, in societal lives, but then also in moments like this, we got robbed of two years of Roger Federer playing the game. You know, it felt like your retirement came so early. And when you did say goodbye, no, to us it did. It's just, like, you know, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> Your knees are telling a different story. I, I, I was hanging on. <laughs> but, but then you know, there's, there's there's that amazing video, of the players saying goodbye to you. Yeah. And it's this clip of you and and Rafael Nadal crying. We're I all mean, crying. You are crying. You are in tears. You're bawling together. Yeah. And that that was a special moment. You know, for you. I really think. I mean. This is a very unusual situation for us to be on the same team, number one. And um, so I think that changed the whole dynamics yeah. of my farewell, if you want. Then um, my, my hope was I could play doubles with Rafa. So I called him up after the US Open. And it was a very emotional uh, phone call, actually, because it was one of the first times I told somebody outside of my um, team and, and family. And I had to call him up and tell him, hey, Rafa, just before you make any other plans, I would love you to be at the Labour Cup and play maybe oh, one wow. last doubles with me. It would be wow. amazing because, unfortunately, my knee is not so good anymore. Oh. And I think it's the end, you know. And he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. OK, yeah, I'll be there. Whatever it takes. I just um, he's now become a father. I'm so yes, happy for him. Congratulations to him. him. Yeah. And uh, we were not we were not sure if he was going to make it, you know, because of right. uh, the baby. So. Um, it was one of the first times I had to tell that story and come to terms like the career is ending. So when he showed up and Novak was there and Murray was there mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh, Bjorn Borg was there and everybody was there. It was an amazing moment. And then I knew it was going to be incredibly uh, emotional. I've always cried a lot in victory and in defeat when I was younger. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I do it. Um, but I'm happy because I remember those moments even more so because of it. And then when it was all over and I had to take the mic, uh, I knew it was going to be terrible for me, but I felt, I felt like I did actually pretty good. I think you did. And, and I, I was so happy I was able to be there in tennis clothes and not like this, because that was my, in my vision, was going oh, to be a, a like horror that. show, you know, for me to be there with the mic in front of the, in the light and tell everybody, you know, this is it. It and, was home. It and, was and, home. and it was amazing to do it in London too, where I had so much success. And, uh, 
and Labour Cup was beautiful, and uh, Rafa there holding my hand briefly. People thought it was... <laughs> or I held his hand, actually. But Hands were held, it doesn't matter. It, was, it, it doesn't was, matter. It was amazing, honestly. You know, you, you, you're going to have, and you, you will always be synonymous with the sport. You, 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 as I said, you, you, know, you cannot separate Roger Federer from the sport itself now. And, and yet, I, I was shocked to hear a story, which I don't know if it was true or not, you know, I was like, Roger Federer, everyone in tennis, you cannot, the name is synonymous with the sport, you cannot, Roger. And then someone was like, well, you know, the, Roger couldn't get into Wimbledon recently. I was like, wait, wait, that's not possible. Is Roger Federer, is this a, is this a true, is there even a semblance of truth to you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait, no, no, I need to understand. What it, was, it was actually two weeks ago. So uh, I was in Tokyo um, for uh, our sponsor, my sponsor, Uniqlo, and I came back. Uh, to Wimbledon, yes. actually to London, to come see a doctor for having a second opinion on my knee because uh -huh. my knee has been not great lately. And then I didn't want to tell Wimbledon that I was going to maybe be there and I didn't know if I was going to have time to go by the club oh, because I was going to fly home got it, got it. to the family. So doctor appointment was done. Look on the watch. Okay, we got two hours to, to kill. So what are we going to do? Do we head to the airport or let's quickly go have tea at Wimbledon? Of course. So like, course. let's go. Um, but I have not really been at Wimbledon when the tournament is not on. So, okay, so I drive up to the gate um, where usually guests come in, yes. uh, where let's say you would arrive right, right, and then right. you go up. And uh, so I, I get out, I tell my coach who was with me at the time, Severin, uh, I tell him, I quickly go out and speak to the security lady, you know, I got this, you know, and then <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did not. So, <laughs> so then I get out and I'm like, yes, hello. Um, I'm just was wondering how I can get into Wimbledon. Uh, you know, where, where, where's the door? Where's the gate? And she's, yeah, yeah do you have a membership card? I'm like, uh, we have one? I, I don't, uh, because when you win Wimbledon, you become a member automatically. Okay. Uh, yes, and I, I uh, honestly, I don't know about membership cards. They're probably at home somewhere. And I've just been traveling, so I had no idea. So I'm like, no, uh, I don't have my membership card, but I am a member. I'm, I'm just wondering where I can get in. And she's, yeah, but you have to be a member. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be difficult here, this one. So I'm like, no, I am a member, and uh, normally I am here, so I, I, I have to start again, right? So I tell her, normally when I'm here, I'm playing. And uh, there's loads of people, and I come in in a different way, and now it's the first time I'm not here. I'm, yeah, well, the tournament's not on, and I don't know where to get in, so I'm just asking you again, where can I get in? She's like, well, I'll decide, but you have to be a member. So I look at her one last time, and I, I'm in a panic now, and I'm, I'm so sorry, and I couldn't believe, I still can't believe I say that, because I still feel bad about it, and I'd look at her and say, I have won this tournament eight times. <laughs> please, believe me, I am a member, and where do I get in? So I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh. It was, uh, so, so then, yeah. so, I get back in the car, my coach is like, oh, all good, where do we get in? I'm like, don't, don't, don't talk. <laughs> so I'm like, let's go up and around the gate. It's so like she doesn't a, let you in? No, so, oh, wow, okay. I, I, so then I go out and I go around on the other side. So I get out of the car and random person walks, uh, you know, uh, on the, what, a walkway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
and said, oh, Mr. Federer, my God, I can't believe you're here at Wimbledon. Can we take a selfie? I'm like, yes, let's take, <laughs> let's take a picture. And, and, the security, and the security guards that are there, they're like, oh, my God, Mr. Federer, what are you doing here? Do you have your membership card? I'm like, no, I don't. But is it possible to get in? Of course, we'll open the door. Let me organize it. And I walk in, and the chairman was there, and everybody, and then I was having tea for an hour. And I thought of going over to the other side and giving a wave that I was in. But... But I, I didn't do you would, it. You would never do that. But it was. You would um, never do that. It was terrible. You would never do that. You see, that's what I mean. That's that's uh, that's, when, the, that's I, the Roger Federer. You, you, and like, when I said I won a Wimbledon eight times for a split second, I wasn't sure if it was eight anymore because I was. I thought it was a seven. Was it eight? I don't know. But I said it because I never talk like this. So yeah, she, this and you, was, you know what? I, I love that both of you were in that situation because on on your side, you never talk like that. You're never that person. I've bumped. I've been with you in places where somebody for some reason doesn't recognize you and you don't respond as if they should recognize you. are no, Not that person. Exactly. But on her side, I believe she deserves a raise. She was gangster about she, it. She was doing it. Yeah. She's Absolutely. like, where's your membership card, sir? Because, I mean, you know, you know how it goes sometimes. Hey, man, they, they do could their look job. Like Roger Federer. Absolutely. I don't know if you're Roger. Where's the membership card, yeah, buddy? Where is your name? Where's your picture? You don't have it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, it was good. It was good. You know, oh. um, what, what I've enjoyed about, about knowing you is we, we, we have so many things in common. You, you may not know this as, as an audience, but, uh, you know, like Roger and I, we have many things in common. We, uh, we both, we both uh, are half Swiss, half South African. That's right. Yeah, we're both half Swiss, half South African. We, we both uh, speak multiple languages. Uh, we both played at the, the record holding, you know, I think yeah, it's the world record. We both play tennis. Right, we both play tennis. We do, we do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's the world record for the highest attendance for a tennis match. That we might still hold so, it, yeah? I mean, I played for 20 plus years, yeah. right? But to break the record, you know, I, I, needed, mean, I needed you. You needed help. You yes, needed help. I needed but, help. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it would have happened without me. You know, Definitely we, we have between us 20 Grand Slam titles. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> But, and you know, in many ways, you know, we, you know, we're both moving on to something different. And I'd love to know from your side, as, a, as an athlete who's defined yourself as, as something for so long, and the people have defined you as one thing for so long, you've talked about how, how hard the idea of moving on yeah. has been, the, the idea of what you will do when tennis isn't your life. But I've noticed that you've, you've almost seamlessly slid into everything. You know, your, your clothing is everywhere. Your shoes, you know, like one, one of my... That one of my camera guys on the team, Tim, he was telling me, he's like, these are like walking on clouds. You oh, know really? what I mean? No, but you, and you've done everything exceptionally. Your philanthropy, all of the work you've done to help education in Africa. Roger Federer has excelled Thank at you. everything in life. What are you most excited about that won't be tennis related? You know, I'm, the, I feel a little bad at the moment because, I mean, it's been super easy transition so far. I yeah. feel really good. I mean, I might fall off the cliff tomorrow. Who knows? But uh, I feel really good. And... Uh, the thing is, I've told a lot of people who had so many requests, uh, you know, while I was still playing, like, well, reach out to me when I'm retired. Yes. So they have They've now. Reached out now. And so now <laughs> we've had to say uh, no in a thousand different messages, mm -hmm, ways, mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately, no, still not, you know. Yes. So I feel bad about saying no, but I think I have to take the time to make the, the, the next move. I'm anyway still... Uh, very busy. I mean, I have four children and they mean everything to me. Two I've sets of twins. Twin yeah. boys that are eight and twin girls that are right. 13. So that needs to be my priority with my wonderful wife, Mirka. And uh, we... 
That's right. She deserves a chair. She does. Mika's, Mika's amazing if you've met She's her. Been she really with me is. Every step of the way. So um, no. So I mean, I'm really looking forward to what's next. I, yeah. I mean, like you said, I have my philanthropy. I have my partners, my sponsors. I have my business, and uh, it's going super well. And um, uh, I don't know. I. I want to see how I maybe stay involved in tennis in some shape or form. Yeah. I'm not sure yet how it's going to go because there's not ma that many jobs if you want in tennis, like yes. in maybe in soccer or in golf. I feel like they have oh, many that's more. That's interesting. Yeah, but they do. They yeah, do. we are either a coach or a commentator, that's right? It. It's, it's, a very, it's a very solitary sport, it's very, very small. Yeah. yeah, so I'll have to see, but I will always be open to, to mentor kids and uh, do all that stuff. There so. is one thing that you're doing exceptionally right now, and that is being an ambassador for Swiss tourism. I don't know if you've seen the ads. They're really amazing. No, they really are. Mm -hmm. There's some, some of the funniest ads. You know, you, you did one with Anne Hathaway that was pretty amazing. We did, we did, one with the role of Robert De Niro was one of my favorites, okay, you know. Thank but you. but I was I was I was intrigued by this because I came to Switzerland for the first time on my comedy tour. Right. I you saw and Richard, you there. Roger reached out, which this is this is the kind of person this this man is. This is Roger Federer. <laughs> the greatest, you know, tennis players ever lived, one of the greatest athletes of all time. And I get a, a call when I'm in Switzerland, he goes, I know you're here. Would you like me to maybe, would you like to go for lunch maybe and talk about Switzerland or would you, can I show you around or can I? I'm like, can you? Like, it's so gracious and it's so unassuming. Of, like, it, like, I would expect you to be like, I know you're here, you're going with me. But no, Roger Ferris like, if you would like, maybe I can, you know. To, it, and was it was great one, to see you. It was amazing. And it your was, show was unbelievable. And you're one of the best so tour guides of, of Swiss tourism. No, I, I, I learned from you. I put stuff in the show. And so I'd love to know. Th like those, ad those ads were no uh, nerve-wracking because, uh, you know, uh, the good thing with uh, the Robert De Niro one is that, I mean, number one, I can't believe he actually did it, which yes. uh, in itself was a victory. I mean, I'm a huge fan. And, and then... He shot his first was during COVID and was right, like right. we're on a, on, a, on a call together, you know, yeah, like on a video, video call. call. Yes, so yeah. he had, has, had done his before. And then I could just act on what he did. Yes, so, yes. And I obviously could do 100 takes if I had to. And there was no pressure and he wasn't around. So, but it, I, I agree. It was actually very creative. And it was a, a, good, a good piece, especially his side. Me, I'm not, you're the, not, not the best. But then, <laughs> but then Anne Hathaway, on the other hand, she was sitting next to me when yeah. I was... Uh, doing the, um, uh, the ad and... Was that stressful? Yes, that was very stressful <laughs> because I, I hadn't... The, the script had changed a lot of the times yeah. and then I gave up because I knew Anne was doing her magic and when I showed up, um, the director said, I usually shoot in one piece. I'm like, what do you mean in one piece? Like the it's whole like, thing? Yeah, one take, the And whole then thing. it goes like an action and literally I had no idea about any of the lines. <laughs> so they created all these teleprompters for me so I could read off them and then the camera would be moving in front of the teleprompter and, <laughs> and I'd be chasing the text. Anyway, I got better over time and yes. then Anne was super sweet. She could have been nicer um, to me. And, uh, and then she t tells me at one point towards the end, she's like, you know, Roger, you have improved so much during the shoot and you're doing so good. You're improvising incredibly well. And I look at her, I was like, you don't have to tell me this. I, I, I don't need to be an actor. I'm not a good actor. And I need you to come home and just say, you know what, Swiss tourism, this was a fun ad. You had a great, a great time. And you don't need to tell me I'm, a, I'm doing well. Right, right. I, it just needs to be good for you. I'm fine. Don't worry. I can be terrible and I'm, I'm okay with but it too. But you were too. terrible. You were great. Uh, so. You're a great ambassador for Switzerland. You're a great, a great ambassador for the sport of tennis. Thank and you. honestly, you're, you're a great ambassador for human beings. Thank you for everything Thank you've you done. Thank you very much. We appreciate you so much. Thank you, Thank you for taking the time to Thank be you. here. It's an Love honor. Love being here. Every single person who loves Thank you loves you for a reason. Roger Federer, everybody. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Thank you very much.
witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Well, that's our show for tonight, but before we go, before we go, once again, this holiday season, please consider supporting Feeding America, the largest hunger relief organization in the United States. If you want to support their amazing work of getting nourishing food to the people who need it most, then please donate at the link below. Until next time, stay safe out there, and remember, if at first you don't succeed, please, Herschel, don't do it again. Just quick, just do it again. (laughs) Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central. And stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.